0: You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 231 with Ann Wilson. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Ann on the show. We are going to be talking about No Parents Are Perfect. Um, She is an author as well as a radio host and speaker. And why I wanted to have her on the show today is because she is a mom of three boys that are now grown, and so she's just sharing with us her experience, her journey of raising her kids. And so I think just listening to her, having someone ahead of us, um, and giving us some you know tips, and just like looking back on life and raising her boys and what she learned, and um, maybe some things that she wish she would have done differently, I think will just help us, you know, and you realize that no one is perfect, and that it's dangerous to kind of compare to other moms that you think are doing it better than you. Um, I really love that Anne talked about that she found her style and what she was interested in, and not try to take someone else's and then apply it to their family because that just doesn't work really well. And I, I really thought that was a great point that she brought up. Um, she also talked about having boys and um, dealing with porn. So if you are worried about that or have that situation going on right now, this is such a great episode. And just other things: having girlfriends, um, having friends, making their house the home to go to, um, so that she could get to. To know their friends. I think these are all such great um, gems for us to take away. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you guys, um, if you have not heard my past few episodes, I announced that... I am actually getting certified as a life and weight loss coach. And right now to get certified, I have to have some clients. And so I am reaching out to you guys because I want to give you this opportunity because it is free. The only thing that I ask of you is that you show up as if you financially invested into the coaching sessions. Um, We will meet over Zoom and it is just free for you. So if you are looking to kind of talk... out things and figure things out um, regarding career, weight. Um, maybe you're having a hard time maintaining your weight. Uh, maybe you want to talk about relationships, friendships, marriage, money. Um, These are all things that you can bring and we can coach together and I would love to help you. Um, This opportunity will only be around while I'm getting my business up and running. Um, I am still doing travel because you guys know I absolutely love travel. Um, But I have been thinking about coaching for a while now and I've wanted to help the mom's Beyond the podcast. And by coaching, I'm able to do this and get to know you guys one-on-one. Um, so if you guys are interested, please let me know. You can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com. Or if you follow me on Instagram, mominspiredliving, or follow my Facebook page, Mom living. Um, you can message me there if you are interested. Um, Right now, I'm looking for my next group, which will probably start in May or June. Um, So if you are interested, let me know. And I would love to work with you. Again, this is free. And um, I'm reaching out to my mom inspired listeners because I just love you guys so much. And I appreciate all your support. All right, you guys, let's go to the show. And thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: I'm so happy to be with you.
0: So I like to, I I like to ask icebreaker questions to start off the show. And um, the question that I wanted to ask today is what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self?
1: (laughs) Maybe there's like a (laughs) hundred, but but I'll isolate it to one. It was funny. um, One of the things that I did as a young mom, and maybe some of you can relate to this is I would beat myself up at the end of the day. And I would rehash all the ways that I had failed as a mom. Mm. And then, and along with that, the other thing I would do is I would compare myself to all the other moms that I perceived as being way better than I was. And so I think if I were to talk to myself as that mom, yeah, I, I think I would go back and say, hey, you know what? Let's talk about the things that happened today that you did Right. Because our sons, who are all now grown, they laugh at this because they remember, like, remember when we'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a big letter from mom? (laughs) (laughs) Because this is what I did. This is terrible. I would, I had already apologized to them. Hey, I'm sorry that I yelled today. Or I'm sorry that I got so frustrated. Or I'm sorry I did this. Or I didn't do this. But then I would continue. And and here's the thing. There is an enemy of our souls, Satan. Who, what does he do? He's the accuser. And so at night I'm accusing myself. And instead of forgiving myself, you know, Jesus has already forgiven me. That's the gospel. But instead of doing that, I would sit there and just pound on myself and how bad I was. And so I would write these letters of apology and they would read them in the morning and they'd be like, mom, you don't have to do that. You don't have to write a letter as well as already asking for forgiveness."
0: Oh my gosh. I
1: I think I would let those things go, you know, (laughs) let those things go.
0: Yeah. You're doing the best you can. I love that they bring it up to you. Like, like (laughs) now, like, or whatever, that this, that you must have done this enough that it stands out to them. Like, I think that's okay. they saved some of them. Like, can you believe she would do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, they can never say that you didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> they can never say I didn't apologize. Exactly. Like you actually owned up to your mistakes. <laughs> yes. So I think yes. that's I think that's great. So that just proves that you, you know, you took responsibility for it. So mm-hmm. um I love it. Um, so Anne, how about you just share your full name with us, where you live, how many kids you have, and their ages.
1: Okay. I'm Ann Wilson. Um, I'm married to Dave Wilson. We've been married 40 years. We live in Rochester Hills, Michigan, and we've lived there for 36 years. We have three sons that are all married. Our oldest is 35, um, CJ. Um, Our next son is Austin. And CJ's married to Robin. Our next son is Austin. He's married to Kendall. They have four kids. Our youngest son is Cody. He's married to Jenna, and they have two kids. Um, CJ and the youngest Cody live in the Michigan area. And then our middle son, Austin lives in the Denver area.
0: Oh, fun. That's fun mm-hmm. to have so many grandkids. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I know. It's really fun. Aw. So, and how about you share with us, um, a little bit your backstory of how you got to where you are today and then we'll jump into your book. Mm, okay.
1: Um, it's funny. I grew up in Ohio, met my husband, Um, we got married when I was 19, we ended up going on staff with crew. I didn't really have any kind of a religious background growing up, but I had this crazy cool encounter with Jesus. And I was like, I'm going to serve him the rest of my life. And my husband, Dave was kind of on that same mindset. So we got married young, went to the university of Nebraska Worked with college athletes there as mm. um, on all these teams, which was fun. And then we thought, uh, you know what, we're probably going to do this our whole lives of just trying to pour into people. We should get some help and some more schooling. So we went to seminary. We took classes in counseling of how to help people. Um, and then we went to Michigan to become the Detroit Lions chaplains. Um, Dave worked with the Detroit Lions players for 33 years, and I worked with their wives Wow, um, for still doing it actually, for over thirty five years. And that's super fun. yeah, um, and in the meantime, as we were doing that, we also started a church called Kensington Church. Um, we started with forty people, and that included our kids and our dogs and and then it just grew like crazy and grew to six campuses. Um, and we did that for thirty years. We just ended that. Um, and are kind of transitioning out of that as of december thirty first and now we are the host for family life today radio pod and podcast um, and we're a full-time with family life
0: that is really cool uh, and yeah and being from Michigan, I'm very familiar with Kensington Church and so that's really cool and so um it's always fun to talk to people in Michigan and you know um my roots are there and um that's just really neat and so um, Dave is not the chaplain of Detroit Lions anymore, but you still work with the wives. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And actually, he's not traveling with the team anymore.
1: He's not doing chapel. But we ended up leading a Bible study on marriage this year for the Detroit Lions oh, and their huh. wives. So we're, That's cool. we're still doing it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun.
0: That is really neat. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about your book today. How about you share the title of the book and what made you guys decide to write it? Okay.
1: Well, we, the first book that we wrote was a marriage book that came out a couple of years ago called called Vertical Marriage. The reason we wrote that one was because at 10 years, we thought we're not going to make it. Um, We were just really struggling in our marriage. I had, we had two kids at the time, and I thought, I've got nothing left for Dave. I don't know if we're going to make it.
0: Mm. And we've
1: told that story before because I feel like God really brought us out of that. And somebody said, you guys need to write about that. And so we wrote Vertical Marriage. And then we thought, what else, what else are we passionate about? Our other passion besides marriage is parenting. And so mm. we wrote a book called No Perfect Parents. The subtitle is Ditch Expectations, Embrace Reality, and Discover the One Secret that Will Change Your Parenting. And so that comes out April
0: 13th. Yeah, that is really cool. And so topics that I think would really fit my audience for the Moms Fired Show. And the first one that I wanted to chat with you about is the chapter where you talk about the minivan days. So these are ages five to 12. And um, that is the stage that I am right now. My girls are six and nine. And so um, what would you want moms to know during this stage that you wish you kind of would have known um, during that time frame?
1: (laughs) I, we called it the minivan days because it feels like these are the days you're constantly in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like, aren't you just kind of going everywhere? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I remember feeling like, if I'm going to be in the car, like we need to take advantage of these years. And so I think those years became really important. They were one of my favorites because you're out of the diapers, you're out of the right. absolutely sleepless night, you're not into the teen years that you're kind of worrying about what are my kids doing? I, there's there's this window of this really, really sweet time. And so one of the things I started doing is, um, because you're moms and you're listening to this, I started struggling with like, I don't even know how I can even pray or spend time with God anymore. You know, your life is just so crazy that you don't have these great pockets of alone time anymore. You're barely in the bathroom by yourself. And so those minivan years became years of just, I want to teach about life and about God on the fly. And I want to do it in a way that our kids will remember. And I'm pretty passionate about this. I feel like we're in such a culture and a time of comparison because of social media platforms We're constantly comparing ourselves of what we could be or should be. And so we're not really embracing who we are as moms. And um, I started learning. I started thinking, like, I need to know who I am and stop trying to be somebody else because God gave me these kids for me to raise, not for somebody else. Why would I try to be somebody else? And so um, it was. these were the years I was trying to really embrace all of that. And I realized one of the things that's pretty unique about me is I was trying to figure out like, who am I? And, you know, you do all these personality tests and you do, um, the Enneagram tests and I'm a seven and usually all the things that I want to do are adventure. And so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but all my other friends are like, my one friend's super artistic and my other friend is really smart. And so her kids are listening to classic literature in the car. And <laughs> my boys, we're listening to these jock rock songs and jamming out. And so, you know, I'm thinking, I'm just going to raise stupid kids. What's happening? <laughs> and so instead of that, I was like, okay. If we're going to be in the van all the time, I'm going to make it fun because isn't this the time too, where you find out everything that's going on is when you're in the car, right?
0: their,
1: their friends get in the car and they're all talking. And you know, that's when you have, you, you definitely are listening in because you know, you start finding out everything that's happening. And the other thing that I did was I was like, I want my home to be a place. This is me. This is my personality. I want my home to be a place that kids want to come to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want it to be, I want their friends to say, I want to go to the Wilson's house because I feel fully seen there. I feel fully loved there and it's going to be super fun. And so we thought what will make our kids want to be home and what will make our neighbor kids and their friends want to hang out? that's big. Like we want a place where right. the kids want to hang out. We wanted them at our house, not at someone else's house. So we bought a trampoline. That's, this is before trampolines were really in. We bought a trampoline. Dave made this incredible fort house with used wood that he found from somewhere. Um, we, <laughs> we started having like these sports things. Dave's really sports minded and athletic. So they'd be playing kickball or, basketball and he'd make it fun for everybody. Mm. And, you know, I was like, Oh, let's have some popsicles for everybody. And so I just, we wanted to create that space that everybody wanted to be there. And even as they got a little bit older, we're like, what could be fun for all of these kids? And even sitting at the table, asking them, tell me about yourself. What are you good at? I remember. Uh, we were, I was on this field trip and there was a little boy that every, all the kids, none of the kids wanted to be with him. And it was the saddest thing. He was eight years old and (laughs) the teacher said, okay, um, Timothy, you're going to be in this car and everybody, all the kids, said, no, we don't want him in our car. And so he ended up being in my car and I asked him to come and sit with me. And this is before you couldn't have kids in your front seats. Um, and he was in the front seat. And I remember saying, Tim, like, how are you doing? Just that question. Tim, Aww. how are you
0: doing? Yeah.
1: And he, here's what he said. Mrs. Wilson, sometimes it's really hard to be me. He's eight years old. And I remember I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just started telling him, let me, let me tell you who i see you as being Tim. And I started saying, I think you're courageous. I think you're funny. And I'm telling you, like this little boy, this eight-year boy had tears coming down his cheeks as I said that to him because he wasn't hearing that very often. Mm. And so that's why I'm saying you can have these momentous, miraculous occasions in a vehicle, you know, or in your home of impacting your kids of telling them and asking them great questions, it's so fun when they can start communicating, and then also they're friends. Like it's it's you're building a place that everybody wants to run to. Yeah, and it's not perfect. Let me just right. say, yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, there can
0: yeah. be yelling and yeah. messiness. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can imagine right. Like n- just because people are over it doesn't mean that like, everything is just now you know perfect and um right. When we lived in Michigan, um, like I mentioned to you before, um, we had met a family, we were early married and they had, um, oh man, I think- they either had three or four girls. I'm totally blanking on this right now. And um, th- he said the same thing. The, he they he they wanted to create a space that their kids wanted to be at their house. So they had they were Italian, so they always had like amazing food, and they had a pool. Yeah. It was just awesome, right? Like people wanted to go there because they wanted them to be. their house so that they knew what was going on. And so what do you feel you did when they were teenagers, like to kind of get them to your house? Like what, what did you do differently from when they were younger? Yeah.
1: Well, and let me go to this too, because I'm sure that a lot of your listeners have heard Deuteronomy six, four through seven, but this was really big for me, big for us. um, Because as you, as we talk about these years where your kids are whether in those training years or those teenage years. I love the practicality of the Bible because it says um, in Deuteronomy 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And actually, that's called the Shema. And in Israel, that was actually, this is the most important prayer that they would pray. And as a family, they would say this two times a day. And it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so that's the stage. Instead, you don't have these long times of just being alone. But what I did have was I learned to talk to God about everything all day long. Mm. And I also did that out loud. With my kids. So every time we got in the car, even when they were infants and I snapped them in, I just got in this habit of praying out loud. Like, Lord, thanks for today. Um, protect us. Uh, thank you for CJ or whatever. And so on the way to school, on the way to sporting events, on mm-hmm. the way to friends, I would, I would just talk to God out loud. They didn't have to listen. I didn't mind if they listened, but I wanted to know that a relationship with God is that it's a relationship. It's not a religion. It's, it's constantly talking to God. And telling him what's going on. And so what happened then as teenagers, um, I'm telling you the thing to bring teenagers to your house is food. Yes. Food and <laughs> conversation. Like okay. Kids. Yeah. So when our kids would be at a treat, if I knew they were all coming up, the first thing I would do is I would always have food. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I tried to make it somewhat healthy, but I'd have food on the table and kids sit where there's food.
0: Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: So they would just sit and talk. I felt like when our kids went to college, I was so sad. I was like, some of my great friends left and they were friends of our
0: kids. Yeah. Because
1: I I felt like I really knew them. And again, we try to create this space of being fun. I remember this one day, I think a lot of the kids were like 13, 10. uh, I think I might have had a 14 year old. But you know, like eight to whatever fifteen or something. And I remember there's these all these girls were at our houses, our house and our bo- and these boys. And I and Dave and I said, Hey kids, we're gonna go toilet paper a house tonight. It's our friends' house. Um, this is gonna be funny. And we already told the parents we're toilet paper in your house tonight. We told them this because <laughs> we're just like we're trying to create this like adventure and, and yeah. teenagers like a little bit of riskiness.
0: Yes, yeah. And
1: so um, I say to this girl, who their family didn't go to church, they you know they they don't know much about us except oh that's the pastor and his family, and so we say, hey Chelsea, if you want to go with us to toilet paper, you can go, but you have to go <laughs> and ask your mom. And she goes, oh I want to go so bad, so she calls her mom. <laughs> And she comes in with the phone. She goes, Mrs. Wilson, my mom doesn't believe me that that's what we're going to do. Could you talk to her for a little bit? And so I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. So we're going to go toilet paper our friend's house. And they kind of know that we kind of do this to each other. And, um, well, you know, so please don't think that this is something that we do for revenge. It's funny. It's funny for the kids. And so she's like, uh, okay. (laughs) But that's what I mean. the teenagers like to do. Oh, yeah. stuff. Yes. We went out one night like at 11 o'clock and we went sledding, you know, wow. that's the stuff like this. And we had great food afterwards. That's laughing, cool. Talking. And it's just trying trying to create a place where here's what. And I had this growing up with my, my family. I used to think I'd be at a party or something. And I remember thinking as like a 15 year old I remember thinking, I wonder what's going on at my house because my siblings and my parents were so much fun. I would always feel like I could be missing out on something when I was away. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I wanted my kids to think, I bet my parents and my siblings are having a blast right now. Do you know what I mean? And I want my friends to be with them and experience that together.
0: That is cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But and again, this is our personality, I think, to find out and discover who am I, what am I trying to create and build in my own home, and what has God put in me that I can pass on to my kids and even my the friends of my kids?
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you find that you asked them questions, or do you feel like they kind of closed down, or they're like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this stuff? Like, how did that work for you? That's such a good question, because I feel like each
1: child is different, each yes. kid is different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did find, and I'm sure your listeners have found this too, that as they kind of are going through puberty, and Shanti Feldman actually says um, that as teenagers, they one of their greatest needs is a desire for freedom. Mm. And so I think it's really good to learn those stages. And Dave and I always say. You have a window of time of zero to 12 that your, your influence and your voice in your child's life is wide open. That window is wide open. And as they're approaching 13 and the teen years, that window begins to close because now they're not listening to you as closely as much as their peers, their friends, Mm -hmm. the outside world. And so I'm like, you, you think as a parent, I've got 18 years. And I would say, no, 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 no. You do have them 18 years in your home, but those first 12 years are the key years that your voice is the one that they're listening to and they're looking to you. And so um, our boys all went through different stages. Um, And I even saw this, my best friends had girls, but there's a time where they start pulling away and they start getting more quiet. Right. Um, And as teenagers, what I found that I had to do was Dave and I would each find what was how our kids were wired. Um, scripture says, um, that our kids are made with a bent, you know, they, they're wired a certain way. Um, and so we are thinking, how, how is each one of our kids wired? In other words, what is their identity and who are they? And so what would happen was I'd find out this is CJ is a tech guy. He's very logical. He's very analytical. And so as teenagers, I would find that I needed to enter their world to pique their interest. So ZJ and I would walk through Best Buy. Then we'd grab something to eat. But mm. those are the times, and even kind of taking them out alone,
0: oh, that he yeah. kind
1: of warm up and I would ask those questions. And I, <laughs> one of our sons was so quiet. He was just more inward focused. Yes. Yep. I was like pulling... Everything I feel like I had a converse. Hey, how are you doing? And he was very verbally expressive, and so I was reading him and watching him. Like, and and we laugh about it now. I was like, I would say, like, how bad did I bug you in those years? But Josh McDowell always says, rules without relationship equals rebellion, Mm. and I've never forgotten that. If we're gonna lay down rules for our teenagers. What we really need to do is make sure that relationship is in place, that we're laughing, that we're speaking life into. Teenagers, Mm -hmm. it's easy to see all these things that they're doing and we have fears of who they'll become and what they'll do. And so we start nitpicking and nagging and lecturing. And I think that we have to weigh in way more with our praise, with our, this is what I see in you. This is what I love about you. That's what spurs them on. And I think the most important phase of even those teenagers is praying and of asking God, who did you make them to be? How can I encourage them? Um, I think that's really, really big. I gave you a lot right there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, that was really good because I was going to ask you the next question was going to be um, the teen years and what what would you say um, is so scary for people when they think about that? Um, And I think that you kind of encompassed that. Um, is there anything that you kind of look back? Cause it sounds like you did so many great things. Is there anything that you mm-hmm. kind of look back and go, you know, with the teenagers, I kind of wish, you know, Dave or you might've handled something a little bit different that stands out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the things um, that that we started, we had a computer uh, and this was, you know, our, our kids are older. So keep in mind, we weren't aware of all the things going on. And,
0: oh, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: one of the things that we did was we had our computer at the time in the basement and we found corn. Uh, we checked the history and we found corn on the, in, on that computer. Mm. And I remember Dave and I both going, uh, I asked Dave like, is this you? And um, you know, and think <laughs> yeah. as parents, like yeah. that's super fearful for us yeah. because it's not a question of if it will ever happen. The question is when it will happen. Right. Yep. And so to have those, do- I remember saying to our kids, I think our boys were nine and, and just, it's always prepping them. I remember saying, Hey, um, you know, there could be a time that you're at somebody's house and maybe something will come up on the TV or on the computer or somewhere or a magazine or something where there's naked people. And I, I just, I kind of explained it as, you know, those are things like when you see people that are naked and uh, that's something that God has, that God doesn't have for us. When you get married, God's going to give you a wife. If he decides that, you know, if you're going to get married and, and so we, it's not, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but basically, you know, to see someone else mm-hmm. naked or another, a woman naked or a man naked, that really isn't something for us that God has for us. God wants to protect us and he wants to have that for our marriage in the future. And so I just want to tell you about that. And you can come to me and tell me if that, if you see that and there's nothing wrong with having the desire to see it, but I think it's something that we really, that God says it's important to hold that just for your marriage. And so they're all like, Oh man, it's so gross. He would never do that. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, there could be a day, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's not going to seem gross to you right? because God's getting you ready to become a man in marriage. And, and so I'll never forget we're in the car another time. And I think it was, I think one of our sons was 12. Because Remember when you said that, you know, I might start wanting to look at that. Well, I'm at that point now.
0: Like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, so he told you that. <laughs> he told
1: me. Like, well, that's, oh, but, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But, but this is now later. And we, so we find this porn on the computer. So we went to all the boys. We asked mm-hmm. them, Hey guys, we saw this on on our computer. And you always wonder how you'll respond and react And it was so, uh, in the one sense of, yeah, that was me. And so we pulled him aside and it was so sweet because my husband super vulnerably said, Hey, I just want you to know, this is an area that I've struggled with because I was exposed to it as, as a younger teenager. Mm -hmm. And it's something that has drawn me in and it's something that's hurt our marriage relationship. It's not good for me as a man of God. And I, I just, and my, and my husband started to cry. I started to cry and he said, this is something that can be so dangerous to you as a man. It can be really allure and addicting. And I just want you to know, like, I don't want that for you because it, it's it been really hard for me um, to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for you. And it was, it was the sweetest thing because that son was crying too. And we talked about the consequences that could bring and Um, And then it was sweet because we said, like, what do you think the consequences of that should be? And one, David, are like, we're the dumbest parents ever. Who puts a computer in the basement (laughs) where he's all alone? And I would see that as parents. Like, we have now their devices are in their hands. And so I really wouldn't want or have your kids have their devices in their bedrooms. I would really, our computer after that day, we moved it to the middle of the family room. Yes. You know, and so. That was, I wish, I'm glad we, we, we talked about it in a good way, but that was just a dumb move. And then the other thing, one of the things our teenagers said, this is terrible. I think they were even younger than that, but I remember they got, I got off the phone one time and one of our sons came up to me and says, Hey mom, why are you like so nice to strangers that you don't even know? And you're not as nice to us. Like you can be super mean to us. I wish you'd be as nice to us as those strangers." <laughs> that was so admitting. And then here's one of the things Dave said that our sons have told him now as adults. They said, "Dad, you never really knew the names of our friends." And Dave's like, "What are you talking about?" He, they they'd be like, you have, "I'd have some friend there, or, and we had guys and girls alike at our house, and right. they would never remember any of these girls' names." So he would go up to these like four girls and he said, "Hey, I'm Dave, I'm Mr. Wilson," and you know, he'd met him already like six times, and it was so embarrassing for our sons. And I remember the one son said, Dad, my husband's a coach, he said, Dad, know the names of the players. Like on a
0: team, <laughs> I know, you know all awesome. the players'
1: names. Yeah. So why don't you know the players? These are the players in my life. Know." and get to know these players in my life and my friends' names. I thought that was really good that they told us.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> I do too. I was going to ask yeah. you, especially with having boys, um, how was that with dating? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? And um, advice mm-hmm. now looking back in regards to dating?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that happened with, as, as our kids turned 13, mm-hmm. you know, from zero to 12, you're kind of stating your values, your morals, your beliefs, your convictions as a person and as a family. And then what happens at 13, because they already know those, they've been in your home for that many years, 12 years. Now, as teenagers, we call it this, we start living in the question. So in other words, I would say to them all the time, um, hey, so what do you guys think about dating and having girlfriends? Mm. now?" Yeah. At zero to 12, we'd already talked about that. Like, what's the, what do you think about dating? What's the purpose of dating? And Dave and I would say, like, we just talk about um, why do we date? We would talk about um, being, being in a, in a group of people instead of having a specific boyfriend or girlfriend, the positives and negatives about that. But then as a 13 year old and up, we would always ask them, so what are your views? What do you guys think? And let me tell you, teenagers have opinions.
0: Oh, and yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. And so we would ask them a lot of those questions about dating. Um, in other words, another example of this would be like uh, when they were younger and they say, hey, can I go to this movie? Zero to 12, we're like, no, that no, you're not going to that movie. But then as a 13 year old and up, when they say, can I go to this movie? We know the answer is going to be no, but we just don't shut it down right away. We would say, because we're training them to launch them. We're training them when they get into college or or out of high school or beyond. Mm -hmm. We want them to make wise decisions, not because we've made them, but because Correct. they've made them. Yes. And it's also helping discover who they are and where they are and what they believe and what they're, what they're aligning with. So I remember saying this one time, hey, what do you think? Uh, he said, can I go to this movie? And I'm thinking, are you insane? I would never let you go to that movie. But I said, well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's a movie that, would, you know, the first thing is everybody's going to it. Everybody's seen this movie. It's going to be awesome. And so we would just talk more and like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think they would almost, and, and we would basically, it would come down to their saying, yeah, I probably shouldn't see it. And that didn't always happen. Sometimes it would just say like, I want to see it. And we'd say, uh, sorry, you know, that's mm. not something, but at least there would be a discussion about it. So with dating, I say all that to say, our kids were very different in it. Right. Remember um, the book, you probably remember this, the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye,
0: Oh, yes.
1: Josh, yeah. we can remember that. So that yeah. was a whole phase, like never date. Um, yeah. And so I had one son that's like, I'm not going to date around. I'm going to find out, going to meet somebody. And if I think they're marriage material, that's going to be my wife. And, you know, Dave and I were listening to this, like, wow, okay. Then we had another son who, an older brother, that when that son told his brother, like, I'm not going to date and I'm not going to kiss a girl till I know I'm going to marry her. The older son was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And so we gave them some freedom in that, in terms of watching. Um, I don't, I, one son had a couple girlfriends, but she hung out so much at our house. We knew her. We had a pretty open relationship where we talked about that. We talked about premarital sex. We talked about um, the dangers of that or, you know, so we really had already talked through that. And then I think our other two, the one, he did it. He started dating a girl at 17. He kissed her, I don't know, a year later, and he married her when he was 21. Wow. <laughs> <So> like, I, <laughs> I know. And they're, they're still, they've been married 12 years.
0: That's awesome. And then,
1: so I think really, instead of just having the rules, I feel like talking to your kids and really walking through what they think what you're thinking and not everybody's gonna agree with me. You'll think you know, some of you might think dating's really stupid. It's not biblical. Um and so I think that those are really great discussions to have as a family to think what do we think? What do we believe? What are we gonna what are we gonna raise in terms of what we want our kids to to come back with?
0: Yeah, that is really great. I think that that has given you know, me some ideas, and I know that the listeners will, you know, have some things to think about. Um, as we end, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Anne, um, mm-hmm. to this? Yeah, I think I would just say this. Um, you know,
1: I'm a mom that now has grandchildren, six grandchildren. And I would I would say this is, um, don't miss it. it. It's, isn't it just so easy to miss it today? Because Um, we're so locked into our devices and uh it's easy to I I just feel like I remember um putting our kids to bed thinking, I'm so tired. (laughs) I just want to have some space to myself. I wanna unwind. And I remember uh when our when the first son got married and it was the night before his wedding, um Dave and I went into his room and we got on our knees. And it's something uh, we prayed with our kids every single night. Really, we prayed with them all the time during the day. But at night, there was just a special time that we agreed. They have a little devotional, and we just lay in in their rooms and just talk to them for a long time. And I don't want to do that all the time. And I didn't do it all the time. But most nights, we just took a little time to lay in there. And so that night, as we're... um, that's that we're saying it's like the last night that this son will be under our roof as a single man. And, uh, we got on our knees, and he got on his knees too. And we prayed, we laid hands on him. We thanked God for him. We blessed him and his future and all that it would bring. And, uh, he got into bed and I said, Austin, what, is there anything that you'll miss about being at home under our roof? And he said, this, Aww. this, this right here. Like, this is something that has been meant the most to me. And I I think that would be the last thing that I would share is your faith. It's not so much what you're saying. It's what you're living out. Mm. You can say it. You can preach it. You can go to church. But your kids are watching you. And they know and they sniff it out. If it's not real, they sniff out our hypocrisy. And none of us are perfect. None of us. Um, But I would say, (laughs) let me say this. Like, I remember one of our sons, I was like, I wonder how I, because I was comparing my kids again, like, oh, that kid, that my friend's son's (laughs) reading the Bible through. And so I asked one of my sons, like, hey, could you name any of the disciples? And he goes, yeah, any names? Like, I think there's a guy named John and Moses. I'm like, Moses? Moses isn't a disciple. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I'm such a failure. (laughs) But 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 later that same son had said, I may not have known that stuff mom, but I was watching you pray. I've listened listened to you my whole life. Um, And I thought, I want what she has in that relationship with Jesus. And so there are so many things that we could or couldn't do. And I would say in James, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. And I would say, it's never too late wherever you are go to God and say God I I've messed up. I don't know what to do, but I need you and I need your wisdom and God will give that to you.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. And I was thinking a couple things when you were talking about kind of sitting in their rooms and praying. Now, he's 21 when he's getting married, right? And so when you're yeah. praying for him, he's 21. So were you doing this like when they were that age? I mean, well, when they were old, teenagers and older, right? Mm-hmm. Coming into the rooms and praying with them like around bedtime, but their bedtime could be pretty late if they're teenagers. Oh, so like, yeah. how did that look uh, yeah. for them? Like, cause I'm, I'm thinking yeah. people are probably wondering like, okay, you know, when they're younger, they go to bed at a decent time. So like, how are you walking into like a 18 year old boys true. room? Like, Hey everybody, let's just pray yeah. before you go nighty night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> such a good point. And that is true. We usually say too, as your kids become teenagers, stay up later.
0: Yeah. You know, because people
1: are like, I'm not a night person. I I would say these years are so fleeting, stay up and make lots of food. Um, And so what would happen like some, and honestly, when they came home from college, they're going to bed later than we do. But the nights that the nights like that, we're all home, even as men and it's weird. Like now they have like, they're shaving, you know, but we wouldn't climb in their bed anymore but we would still lay our hands on them, thank Mm. God for them, pray for them. And honestly, I did that all the way before our boys went to school every single day until they graduated and left the house. I mean, I prayed for them every day before they walked out the door and it just, it just became a habit,
0: you know, it's creating
1: those good habits. Um, And our kids weren't perfect and they certainly had their share of things that they did wrong just as well as we did. But Those are the things, man, they, they last and they mark our kids.
0: Yeah. You know, so uh, the other question I want to ask you, you had three boys. So how did you break that up with, with, especially when they were older, um, Mm -hmm. to like spending the time with them, especially before bed, like, would you just go in order or like, how did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. When they were really little, it was, um, one at a time. Um, but what happened was we ended up purposely putting our boys in the same bedroom.
0: Oh, we, had, a, got we it. had
1: enough bedrooms for everybody, but there was something that we thought could be really cool for them to be all together. Um, they were two and three years apart in age. And this one time we had a son that said, you know, I really want to have my own room. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, I think he was 13, actually. And so I said, well, why don't you sleep in this room tonight? And then we can decorate it and, you know, just see how you like it before you right. do anything yeah. else. Well, he ended up not even spending the whole night in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool because we would sometimes sit outside their door and just listen to them talking. Oh. And it was sweet and precious. Um, and it really created a bond between the three. And not everybody does that. I'm not saying you have to do that. But it's just something that we thought this could be kind of cool, and also, I mean, this kind of sounds weird. We'd keep them out of trouble a little bit if somebody's trying to sneak something in or do something, and like, oh, the other brothers will tell on them, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this this one night, one son was super artistic, and so he would do puppet shows at night, and Dave and I are outside the door listening because the puppets, he has these puppets in his hands and the puppets teaching the other puppet how to play poker. And we're like, how did you learn to play poker? We're (laughs) laughing. Like, I have no idea. And then the older son, every night he would make him put on a puppet show or else he'd say he's going to beat him up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so he would do these puppet shows at night and his older brother would would totally badger him and say, "If you don't do this puppet show for me, I'm going to pick you up." <laughs> I mean, there is just this beautiful relationship stuff that happened between them, and and I know that that's not always the best for all families, but for our kids, that seemed to really go well.
0: I'm curious: is there one child though that you feel like really kind of needed their own space, and it was challenging that there was oh, always that's a people? Great question:
1: Yeah. Our we do have one son that's super introverted. Yes. And he loves to be by himself.
0: Right. So how was that um, for him?
1: <laughs> it's funny because he never complained about it. Now he's the one that would always pull away. And I always thought that was weird as a mm. mom. Like, why is he pulling away? It's before I knew anything about introverts yeah. and extroverts. I didn't right. know that he needed his to be recharged by being alone. I always thought he was like planning a bomb or doing something like <laughs> who would want to be alone because yeah. I'm an extrovert. Yeah. But, so it was really good for me to learn that and also to teach him, hey, when you go on retreats or you're with a lot of people, feel free to take your headphones and go off by yourself. Yeah. So what he did was he learned to kind of get away without being away.
0: You know mm. what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would, after school, he'd go up, he'd go down in the basement, play video game for a while or go up in his room, do his homework alone. Um, and we were okay with that. But he's the one that never really wanted to be apart from his brother, oh. which is so surprising. Yeah. Because he's still super introverted, but he also, he loved that time.
0: That's interesting. And he never said mm-hmm. anything. Like he was never like, okay, I just yeah. need my own space.
1: Which we would have been fine had he said that. Yeah, we never did. I'm surprised. That is interesting.
0: That yeah. yeah, yeah. And how old? So as we close, how old were they when you when you um put them into the rooms together? Well, I mean, was it from I, the beginning?
1: Yeah, the very. Oh, okay, well, so they yeah. kind of only knew I mean, that. So you know, one was in a crib all the oh, time. Oh yeah, but right. As soon as the yeah. other one would get out of the crib, yeah. You know, then we had a bunk bed and a twin bed. Yeah. And so, so that's all they, they kind of
0: knew. Yeah. That's all they knew. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about that with my girls, but now they're six and nine and my nine-year-old is the one that needs her space. Space. And I just don't know. I feel like my six-year-old would talk her ear off and my nine-year-old would be like, I need you to stop talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our our we have a son with four kids and he says the same thing. Like if they were in the same room, they would never go to bed. Yeah, The other thing right. with girls yeah. is yeah. I feel like, especially if you have one that's super creative. Yes. Um, I think girls express themselves through their bedrooms because yeah. as women, a lot of times we're building that's true. our homes.
0: Yes. And they're
1: learning to do that. And so that space themselves allows them that freedom and kind of the future of seeing who they are, because that's true. expressing yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I can definitely see you know, the girls, I think sometimes think that's fun, but then I'm like, yeah, I think you also like having your own space too. So, um, but I think that's fun when you can do it. And I do think it probably helps if you start from the beginning, like you did. So then yeah. they don't really know the difference. Like, and then maybe that's then, it. Yeah. Where now it's kind of like, I feel like my nine-year-old would struggle because she would probably be like, even my six-year-old would try to come into her room and she would be like, I just want to be by myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, And girls are more talkative than boys too. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's important to know, but I think for you as a mom, just to give time to both girls, like you yeah. can still go in, read a book or talk to them for a little bit. Um, or even what, what you can do sometimes is put them all together and then separate them when they go to bed. Like, we used to also all plop into our bed. Read oh, a book, yeah,
0: that's fun. Pray
1: together and then, you know, all go into their own rooms.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, well, I could just keep talking to you about this, Anne, and we could I just know. keep going through each phase of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but this was so great and I appreciate you coming on the show. And where can you find your book? And I'm also going to put that in the show notes, but we're um, tell okay. everybody the name of the book again and where you can find yeah. it.
1: The book is called No Perfect Parents. And you can find that on Amazon. And you can also go to um, find us on Dave Ann, no E on Ann, so Dave Ann Wilson, um, on social media, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. You'll find us Dave Ann Wilson. And then Dave and Ann Wilson.com can find our books um, and you can find out more about us.
0: Perfect. Well, Anne, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so great talking with you.
1: You're so welcome. So fun to be with you.
0: Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.